As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Why do Arsenal want to sign Brentford's David Rea? And what will it mean for current number one Aaron Ramsdale? Two years ago, Ramsdale arrived at the Emirates determined to become the first choice goalkeeper. Yeah, competition. Competition is key and um, Burns done a fantastic job over recent seasons and I'm here to push him all the way and, and take his shirt. And... Competition for places may be healthy for an elite squad, but is there ever actually room for two top goalkeepers at a football club? I'm Ayoa Kimwaleri and welcome to the Athletic Football Podcast. Well, I'm going to have to take my my Arsenal fan hat off for this one because it was a story broken by David Ornstein in The Athletic uh, on the 30th of July. It's a really fascinating one because we've got a, a goalkeeper who signed a four-year contract in May. So you'd like to think there's a lot of confidence behind him uh, at the club. Art... Are you surprised by this story? The interest is clear because it's not the first time that this has come about, especially with David Rea. Uh, if we think back three years ago when Emmy Martinez was close to leaving the club and eventually did, Rea was the player who Arsenal were really looking at at the time. Obviously, it didn't come to pass. And then a year later, they signed Aaron Ramsdale. But I think when you look at this situation now, it just shows where Arsenal are trying to go, really with their, I guess, transfer workings over the last few years in terms of being able to have a few decent options in multiple positions. Now it just gets to the tricky part because can you really have that in goal? I'm not sure. They've done it before with Ramsdale. That's how he came to the club. And as he mentioned, he came to kind of really push Bert Leno. But I think also the key difference is he was a different goalkeeper to Bert Leno. Him and David Rea are a bit more similar in their style. So it'd be really interesting to see if that interest does materialise. It's quite interesting, Adam, for goalkeepers, because obviously you've got competition across the field, but they're quite a unique breed, really, if you think about it. The goalkeeper union, or goalkeepers union, is quite different to the strikers and defenders union. Uh, it's quite a tricky one with the goalkeepers, isn't it? It's one of those things that anyone who's in football would always say competition is healthy. Mm. I'm not sure that top-level goalkeepers necessarily really believe that. You, know, you saw it when 
if you take a couple of years ago, Manchester United had David De Gea and Dean Henderson. And the idea was maybe Henderson will start pushing De Gea. And De Gea didn't really like it. You know, he, he liked it in the sense of it maybe made his level a bit higher. But in this case, you know, it would be a lot of money for Arsenal to be spending to make Aaron Ramsdale slightly better. It feels far more to me as though he's coming to challenge that place and probably take the place. Even when you look back at Leno and Ramsdale, we talk about competition for places. Really, looking back, it was, he's going to replace you and you're probably going to leave. I think Ramsdale would probably be very nervous about that. You know, I don't think, I think you want someone coming in that's strong behind you, that challenges you in training. You don't want someone coming in for 30, 40 million pound that's probably too expensive not to be playing. It's it's a funny one, isn't it? Because you feel that Ramsdale is very much in the guise of Arteta's type of keeper. Leno clearly wasn't. We talk about someone who's growing in confidence and establishing himself as Arsenal's number one keeper. Could this be dangerous, though? We talk about squad morale. You talk about the camaraderie. There's a good feeling amongst all the players. Could this be quite disruptive for a young goalkeeper who's also, let's not forget, gunning to be England's number one keeper? I think it really just depends on the type of person Aaron Ramsdale is because when you look at it, it's the emotions that maybe make people feel a certain way, especially with how likable Aaron Ramsdale is, how I think we've seen over the past two years, he's been really engaging, not just with players, but with fans as well. Yeah, they were giving me abuse, but I was just joining in and then obviously, yeah, the your shit ah, thing came up and I just turned around and give it him. And that's put him at a stage where I think Arsenal fans feel, okay, this is our number one. Um, when you then maybe try and rock the boat a little bit, I think it just depends on would that challenge be welcomed by the person who is currently number one. We've seen with last season in particular, Matt Turner coming in, it wasn't necessarily a challenge for that number one spot, I would say, especially in those Europa League games when uh, Matt Turner would come in. You could see the difference in quality, mostly with the ball at his feet. And obviously the gap's a lot smaller between Ramsdale and Raya. Going into next season, if it does kind of <laughs> come to play, um, what kind of gives me a bit of, makes me settled about it at the minute is they're two very similar keepers. Mm. But then it does come into, I guess, how does that dynamic actually evolve um, for that position? Because it's not something anyone's seen very often. Oh, mm. oh, you covered loads of Arsenal games last season. Were you coming away from Arsenal games thinking Arsenal could be better with a better goalkeeper? No. And I think with that, so Ramsdale obviously had his moments against Bournemouth in the first minute, yeah. Southampton. Southampton. I mean, that, it gave away Southampton's <laughs> yeah. first goal yeah. on that 3-3 <laughs> absolute extravaganza. But you, you see that. He's got so, a mistake in him, right? He has. But I think what kind of counters that is, he has also saved Arsenal a lot of points. Liverpool. Liverpool's the big one. But also just with how he's transformed that back line, I, I just didn't come away from any game thinking... Oh, Arsenal need to upgrade there. But that's not to be said that there hasn't been, I guess, frustration with that. And I think that comes into a different point because you could say that about a few of the outfield players um, during, I guess, those weeks. I remember the Southampton game, the West Ham, the West Ham game, where Thomas Partey gets robbed by Declan Rice. And he's also involved with in the mix-up with 
and Ramsdale against Southampton. And you just saw a little bit of complacency come in. And what happens? Arsenal buy Declan Rice. They've now bought uh, Urin Timber as well as a defensive option who can play across the back line. So you're seeing that competition evolve across the pitch. Does it then, I guess, uh, expand to the goalkeeper position? I guess we'll have to find out, but um, it, it wouldn't take it as a complete shock for me if that was to happen. Adam, if Arsenal are seriously thinking about ousting Manchester City, which is no easy job for any team, if these are the kind of moves they have to make, we, we talk about across the field for sure, competition everywhere, still maybe a striker could be a, <laughs> a, a, another, another fascinating position for, for Arsenal. But Lord Wenger was brilliant at nurturing talent. Sometimes his loyalty to talent was often his downfall. Is this the ruthlessness that we are now seeing in Arteta to provide competition in all parts of the field? And actually, if you want to operate at that top level, as you do at Manchester City, who've got technically two starting 11s, you have to make these kind of moves. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be brutal. I think it would be brutal as well because... I think probably the British media is, is a little bit more sympathetic at times mm -hmm. to English players as well. So everyone sort of kept that, 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 that you could feel on Sunday when David Ornstein broke the story that mm -hmm. there was almost like this, a little bit of outrage. It was like, this guy's done really well, mm -hmm. right? And all of a sudden, this guy who we think maybe he could be number one even for England at the European Championship next summer, well, where's he going to play? Where's his game time going to be? And for Mikel Arteta, that's not really a concern. I mean, he's got to win games. I'm kind of interested in in whether they want Raya, it sounds stupid when you talk about a goalkeeper, is it to concede fewer goals or is it actually more about helping Arsenal control games better, build out from the back better? Um, because I think, you know, I mean, I know that Ram I think Raya's metrics last season were, were um, better than Ramsdale's. So there's probably a, a marginal gain to be made from that. And you did see towards the end of the season, I think Arsenal had only like three clean sheets in their last 12, 13 games. There was quite a few games where they were conceding two, three goals a game. That was clearly a big problem. But when I was watching Arsenal, I wasn't thinking like the goalkeeper's the issue there. It no. felt far more as though if I had a spare £40 million for Arsenal, I'd be looking at a, another wide player, even another centre-back, yeah. you know, just to always have that extra option there. But £40 million on a goalkeeper... Who might not start. Who I might think not start. what comes into it is just the fact that he is so openly on the market. Obviously, Tottenham were interested earlier in the window and then Bayern Munich as well with Arsenal. And he's got less than a year left yeah. on his contract. Mm. When you've already expressed interest in a player and they become available, I think it's only natural to then just feel curious and feel interested again. Yeah, and in that there player. is this kind of historic link because the Arsenal goalkeeping coach, mm -hmm. Inaki Kanya, yeah. came from Brentford. He, I think, brought uh, Raya into the club at Brentford a few years ago. He's wanted him at Arsenal for several years. And it is amazing. I don't think people necessarily realise how much of a say goalkeeping coaches get when it comes to club signing goalkeepers. I think sometimes people think it's all about the recruitment team and scouting team and head coach. But actually... Goalkeeping coaches get a huge say in this. They're almost asked often just to draw up their own shortlist and then it gets taken upwards. Um, I know that sort of happened at Leeds over the last mm. few years, for example. Um, and it may well be the case at Arsenal that, you know, they have this relationship and he thinks in terms of the style that they're trying to implement that it's the best way to go. I mean, the other thing is for Raya as well. Does he want to go somewhere where he's not going to be 
number one. Undisputed number one. Does he want to make that big move from Brentford where he's playing every single week at the moment? And if he was to wait till next summer and be a free agent, he'd probably be able to go somewhere and be a number one. Does he want to take the risk of potentially being on the bench? And then the other thing is still any goalkeeping relationship with a team does rely on continuity. So this idea that, you know, you'd have, I don't know, Ramsdale playing Premier League, Raya playing in the Champions League, I'm not sure that works in the way that it would for Europa League, for example, where I don't think Arsenal fans were that bothered last season, really, what happened in the Europa League. Champions League's different. And you can't just sort of throw someone in once every couple of weeks in really, really big games. You know, Arsenal's first time in the Champions League since... 2017. Yeah, it's been a while. Well, we've mentioned how unique the goalkeeper position feels. Let's find out from someone who's been there as both a pro and a goalkeeper coach. David Priest regularly pops up over on the Totally Football Show. We asked him if he thinks Ramsdale will really relish a fight for his number one spot. I do think... The age that Aaron is, he probably has a higher ceiling. He can develop his game to become as adept at all the other things that David Ray is better than him at, at this moment. But from Arsenal's point of view, they come so close last season, they push Man City all the way. And by bringing somebody like David Ray in, fits precisely into the way that Arsenal want to play. A lot of coaches are either one or the other. Some try to keep a distance and keep it just a very professional relationship. But because of the time that you spend together, because of the, the mental pressures that the game puts on goalkeepers especially, bonds are created and there is that massive empathy that the goalkeeping coaches have with the goalkeepers and the predicaments that they're put in and the pressure that they come under. Now the problem that Aaron Ramsdale's got now, his goalkeeping coach Inaki Kana knows David Rea inside out. He was his goalkeeping coach at Brentford. For me, there has to be a lot of trust given both ways and created both ways for a goalkeeping coach to take the pressure off goalkeepers to minimise the effect of, that errors can take on, on goalkeepers and losses of form. I think that the real interesting aspect of it for me is when you bring two goalkeepers into a club who are quite clearly capable of being number ones. If you look away from Arsenal, you look at somewhere like at Brighton, where Jason Steele has superseded Robert Sanchez, perhaps because the way that Robert Sanchez is and the way that he's very confident in his own ability, there was always going to be a little bit of a problem there that if he wasn't playing, that he'll immediately try and search a number one spot somewhere else. Perhaps Arsenal think that Aaron Ramsdale is the right personality, he's a real competitor, and rather than see this as a slight on the way that he's been playing, that he'll rise to the challenge and when you have two goalkeepers who are at 100% in training every day at 100% in games pushing each other all the way the manager and the club can't lose as a professional footballer and certainly as a goalkeeper you're judged every day in training you're judged on every game that pressure to perform is always there certainly what you don't want in that competition is toxicity and if it goes beyond professional competition, it becomes more personal and affects the atmosphere in training. Personally, for me, it didn't really matter. I think it was quite adaptable to the situation, quite accepting sometimes, because I think that's also one of the things, the balances that a goalkeeping coach has to have. Of course, the number one will get priority and more focus around the game. And that's when the character of the number two and number three has to be more accepting about their situation and then be very supportive to that number one because you know that when you're in that number one position, it's important you have support around you. Positive environment for everyone to play in and to create very good, consistent performances. 
Oh, this is a big question though, isn't it? Can you really keep two top goalkeepers happy on a team that's vying for the top biggest prizes in the in the league in the season? It's an interesting one because especially at Arsenal, when you look at it as a club rather than just, okay, men's, women's academy, they have actually started to do that on the women's side. So they brought in uh, Sabrina D'Angelo um, in January to compete with Manuela Zinsberger, who's been there for three, four seasons now. And there were times last year where, again, their head coach, Jonas Edeval, was very open that basically he felt um, D'Angelo would be more suited to certain games. So in a game that almost got them Champions League qualification when they beat Man City in April, he started D'Angelo because she's able to kind of find better areas with her distribution. Whereas I guess uh, Zinsberg's a bit more trusted mm -hmm. with her shot stopping. So it'll be interesting to see if that is a way of thinking that is discussed, say at London Colney, where the, the coaching staffs are quite near each other um, because there have been other, I guess, aspects of play that have crossed over between the two teams. So I think that's where you can probably get another interesting layer of development if it does come to pass. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, he snapped because a fan's coming and kicked him. and He's looking for that fan, but he doesn't need trouble. Arsenal don't need trouble. Get out of there. Go and celebrate with your fans. That's going to be one hell of a celebration over in that far corner. You watch them go now. Uh, for someone who's watched Ramsdale uh, for, you know, a lot of last season and obviously when he arrived at Arsenal, the ingredients are there for this young man to be a top, top keeper. Definitely. I think when you consider he's only 25, 10, 25 in May, so it'll be that age for the whole of next season as well. What I've seen is someone who brings an energy and you saw it immediately. I remember his debut was against West Brom. Um, and also one little side note, I think what probably accelerated him becoming number one was Arsenal's poor start to that season where they lost three games. Back to back, yeah. Back to back. Brentford, uh, Manchester City and Chelsea. And then he came in in the League Cup against um, West Brom. And it was almost a very early synergy between both him and the fans. So he came out to do his warm-ups before the game in front of the away end, immediately got an applause. Whereas that whole summer, it almost been just like a toxic space online. Mm. Um, so that was a really key moment, I think, in his Arsenal career so early on to have that support from people we could actually see. And then again, the, the following week, I think he started at Burnley, kept a clean sheet, went over to the fans, 
gave a shirt away. And I think that for me is just a very lasting, I guess, image of him because he was able to, I guess, identify with the people first. And then also he was able to show why he was trusted um, when maybe people on the outside didn't trust him. I remember again, I think it was his first home start against Norwich where the ball comes back to him and he just does a little Cruyff turn and sprays it out wide. These little things built confidence. And then as the season went on, you have to save against Leicester, the free kick, and then also at home as well. Um, and I just feel he's really proven himself as someone who can make top level saves and also live in top games like the Anfield game um, last season. But there were moments where, again, I feel it was more almost a collective thing, as Adam mentioned, where especially after the World Cup, there were games where Arsenal just weren't really in sync and he was almost left on his yeah. own, basically. Has, has anything happened? He signs this contract in May, which he might now be wondering, you know. Why have I signed? Why, yeah. why have I signed that? Um, has anything happened since then that that has shifted this situation? Nothing was really suggested. I know people may look to the tour and say, oh, did anything happen there? But nothing really. Obviously, I think what people may look to from the outside is, oh, were there any expressions between, say, Arteta and him or whatever? And the most would be just like a little bit of frustration at kicking. But when you look at the surfaces of those pitches, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think most people would struggle on those. I was talking to um, Jordan Campbell, who's obviously was out there for the tour. Mm. And he said during the warmups, Ramsdale couldn't even get a bounce of the ball because of the pitch. So I think there's a probably a large or a little or large grain of salt to take from, I guess, the tour. And also within that tour, he, he continued to show, I guess, positive signs that have been there for the past couple of seasons because one of his kind of longer distributions led to Leandro Trossard scoring against Barcelona. So I wouldn't say it's pinned on that that thing, especially when we're looking at the player that they're interested in. Mm. For sure. Well, I tell you what, we've talked about Aaron Ramsdale, but let's get into David Raya. Our data writer, Mark Carey, has been crunching the numbers to see how he compares to Arsenal's number one. From a statistical perspective, I guess let's first compare them in terms of their shot stopping, first and foremost. So we can start by looking at their goals prevented last season. And this metric looks at how many goals a goalkeeper conceded versus the number they were expected to concede based on the quality of shots that they faced. So essentially more goals prevented means a better shot stopping season. So David Raya's 5.1 goals prevented was comfortably the best of his career last season and it was also the fourth highest among all goalkeepers in the Premier League. So it shows just how much of a strong season he had from a personal perspective but also in the wider context of the league. By contrast, Aaron Ramsdale did okay across the course of a season. He had a goals prevented figure of minus 0.7. So he basically performed as expected on average across the course of the season, which in itself is no mean feat, but just in comparison to Rea, maybe not quite as, as strong. And even accounting for the volume of shots faced between the two, Raya had one of the, the best shot-stopping performances in the Premier League. And, you know, you think about some of the, the high-profile errors that Ramsdale made across the season. It was four errors leading to, to shots last season with no goalkeeper making more. But I think it's fair to say that any football fan that's, that's watched Ramsdale since he joined Arsenal has seen the positive impact that he's had on, on Arsenal's defence overall. 
But I suppose another key part to discuss about Raya's game is his distribution. So, of course, on-ball actions is you know largely stylistic to to adapt to the demands of the the manager. But Raya is really adept at, at playing it short and and finding the the centre backs and the fullbacks really easily. But also hitting it long. Um, often you'll aim for the the left side of the pitch and he'll target Ivan Tony to either bring it down or, or flick it on and, and build the attack from there. The numbers certainly back this up as well. So Raya averaged 23.2 launched passes per 90. So this is passes of 40 yards or more, which was the highest average of any Premier League goalkeeper last season. And you compare that with, with Aaron Ramsdale's 11.3 launched passes per 90. It sort of shows that inclination for Raya to, to go long. But I think what's interesting is Raya's accuracy was still really strong with those passes. So a 39% completion on those, those launch passes was the fourth highest among all Premier League goalkeepers last season and quite a bit better than than Ramsdale's 25% completion from those same sort of passes so it shows that Raya does a lot in terms of hitting it long but he's also really accurate with those passes as well and that's not to say that Ramsdale's distribution is bad at all it's something that many people have rightfully credited him with for you know starting attacks from the back and having a crucial role in Arsenal's build-up but I think overall if Mikel Arteta is looking for any goalkeeper similar to Ramsdale who's both a good shot stopper and a strong distributor then I think there's few goalkeepers in Europe who, who had a better season than David Raya last year. I mean, that was so interesting. What, fourth best shot stopper in the Premier League um, launched more long passes over 40 yards than any other keeper had, um, you know, huge success at Brentford last season. It was clear to see. Adam, think about those numbers. Does he feel like a clear upgrade to Aaron Ramsdale? Well, it's interesting what you say about those long balls. I mean... But when I think of Brentford, I think of them playing long balls and direct in a way that I don't think about Arsenal doing that. So maybe that's something they want to do more of. But I think Ramsdale could probably do that if he was being asked to do that. Mm -hmm. We don't know. You know, we're not there every day at training hearing what people are being asked. But clearly Brentford play... How do I not offend Brentford fans here? (laughs) Just say it, Just say it. Almost like a modern, refined Stoke, Wimbledon. I'm sure that'll really help. Um... (laughs) approach where direct direct. direct right they're really direct and in a really exciting way like I enjoy watching them play but David Ray I don't think would be asked to do that at Arsenal he's not going to be asked to, to do that to find Gabby Jesus they want to play a different way so I, I wouldn't worry too much about that statistic I think the shot stopping one is interesting um, if that's some kind of evidence of composure or decision making or concentration but then I still, you know, I still think like Ramsdale is really young for a goalkeeper. You know, there's a lot of room there for him to develop. I think there's a lot of trust between him and the people playing in front of him. Um, so when we talk about, you know, how big is that upgrade? I, I don't think the data necessarily supports mm. that argument. To be honest, I mean, maybe people entitled to disagree on that. Um, and we've also not seen Raya play in a team at the very highest level where the pressure and the, the scrutiny so different, isn't it? is high. You know, I've seen David Raya make mistakes. I think he's a really good goalkeeper, but I've seen him make mistakes. He's not number one for his for the Spanish national team. He might be getting there over time, but, you know, it's not like you're bringing in, you know, someone like Anana who's been in the Champions League final last year or someone like Alisson or Edison. You know, so I think it would still be a risk and I, I don't think it would be a case of if he came in, you know straight away who you're picking. Mm. And also at 40 million, 
it's a bit of a risk if you know this guy isn't going to hit the ground running. Well, I wouldn't be too afraid of him not hitting the ground running. <laughs> but also with Adam's point on, I guess, the distribution, Ramsdale was actually quite varied in what he did last year as well. So obviously, stylistically, Arsenal were playing shorter to go to Zinchenko when he'd come inside from left back. But then there, there were also times I remember being actually in shock at how deep that front three were in the um, opposition half from goal kicks. So he would pretty much put the ball straight onto Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus. And okay, he wouldn't really, I guess, as consistently as Ivan Tony, he wouldn't win as many balls. But that was still an approach Arsenal looked to, to do. And especially from the wide areas as well, when when the counters were on, Saka and Martinelli just went, whoop, and they're getting found. So I think... But, he, but they were being found. They were being found. So I think it's really interesting because there's probably more of a precise approach with the way Brentford do it. But with that, I just... The word that Adam used, comfort, I think that's probably where you you look at the the interest and potential business and say, what are Arsenal looking for? Mm. I think it would be comfort. I think that's the word. But I think it's also it, it it's a it's a to go to go to that word comfort, there probably are players at Arsenal who feel quite comfortable in their place in the team. Four days ago I'd have said Ramsdale would have thought that was his that's his, right? In the same way as probably Martinelli in January or December thought he had that place on the left. Until Trossard's tied up. Mm. Well, Trossard, but also Arsenal were bidding, you know, 80-odd million for Mudrick, yeah. who would have massively okay. challenged okay. that place. So I think clearly there is a desire at Arsenal that nobody becomes too comfortable. There's probably two or three players that, you know, are in, this, <laughs> are in dispute. But, you know, your Sackers and... Odegaards. Odegaard, and you would hope for the money they've spent, Rice becomes mm. that as well. Mm. I think other than that, you know, even you think of players like Saliba, Gabriel got to do it for more than one mm. for more than one season um, or more than three quarters of a season even so I, I quite like it in the sense of you know you don't want people being too comfortable but it's harsh yeah I think with that the probably prime example most I guess if Arsenal fans are still listening they're they probably are. thinking you know. of Emil Smith. They're all the way yeah. what are you talking about <laughs> what are you talking about they're probably thinking of Emil Smith Rowe yeah well I am anyway, because if we rewind to two years ago, 18 months ago, again, Martinelli wasn't getting a kick because he was probably, he was coming back from injury at the time, but still Smith Rowe was Arsenal's poster boy at the time, scoring almost every week. And now we fast forward and okay, last season's probably a little bit of a um, anomaly because of his fitness issues or I should say injury issues rather than fitness because it was surgery. But when we come into this season, <laughs> no one probably would have thought he would be struggling to get a place inside if we think back to that time. But now he's got to compete with Martinelli, Trossard, these other guys. And you just see where Arsenal's collective mind is in the way that they approach recruitment. Do, do you expect Arsenal to do anything else? Like icing on the cake type stuff. They kind of got their foundations very early. And also they still need to do quite a bit of outgoing business because that squad, I know a lot of Arsenal fans on Twitter are quite excited at all the options, but um, 
when you look at players like, say, Cedric, uh, Nuno Tavares, <laughs> exactly, uh, Nicolas Pepe as well. <laughs> that's another podcast on its own. Uh, that's another podcast because I, I still think this is a player that could be quite useful for Arsenal. <laughs> I don't know why we might be looking for another wide player when you. Ju I just think he needs a bit of confidence and a little rub on the shoulder to say, "Look, bro, you're good. But you can do it for us." So that that squad's quite big, quite hefty, anyway. So I think it needs a little bit of fine tuning, and then you can, if you want to, add a little bit of fairy dust. Uh, towards I guess we are in last month at the window now you can this is a man that feels content no, do, you know, do you know when you know when we got belly full <laughs> he's had a really nice meal you're like do you know what I don't know <laughs> if I could go for dessert but if someone's offering it I might have a little nibble <laughs> that, I think that's where Arsenal fans anyway are at the minute because the main objective going into the summer was get the the main business done early and they'd done it because last year they, they were able to do it, have everything settled by the time they came back from the America. And they settled on their start 11 before the season began. So you want to kind of get to a similar place and hopefully they're able to do that with the Emirates Cup and the Community Shield. Um, but it is very much thinking, where can this Arsenal side continue to develop and there's n not a really clear answer, I'd say, because as you mentioned earlier, Ayo, striker, what do you do there? You have Gabriel Jesus, who feels like the number one. Do you potentially look to maybe challenge him even further? I don't know. But also Arsenal spent a lot of money <laughs> this summer, so I'm not sure if that, if that dessert is feasible at the minute. Do you know what? We could talk about this all day. Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Art, thanks so much for all your insight as well. Remember, you can read more from both of them and keep right up to date with all the summer's transfer window activity over on The Athletic. Sign up today for just $1.99 a month for an entire year at theathletic.com forward slash football pod. Thank you so much for listening. Speak to you next time. The Athletic.